The following audio is from Jacob's Well Church. For more information about Jacob's Well Church, please visit www.jacobswellgb.org. Gracious God, we thank you for Christmas. We thank you that we get to come and celebrate the fact that you did not stay afar, but you loved us and you came to rescue us, to love us, to bring us to yourself. We praise you for that this morning, God. Pray that you would help our hearts that get so distracted with all the activities to focus on you, to enjoy you, and to glorify you this Christmas season. And even now, as we look at your word, we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Kids, I need your help. Let me ask you this question. What is this year's hot gift? What is the cool gift to get? What is it? Tell me. Jesus, you, that's awesome. Oh, yesterday we were in our car and uh, my son Caleb is a time watcher. He loves to watch the clock and it struck 11.11 a.m. And he goes, Corbin, Corbin, it's 11.11 a.m. Make a wish, make a wish. And Corbin said, I wish for Christmas I could get an iPad. And I laughed and laughed and laughed and said, keep wishing, keep wishing. I'm pretty sure if they say the wish, then it doesn't come true anyways. But kids, do you know what you're getting your parents for Christmas? How many of you kids actually got your parents something for Christmas? Raise your hands. That's awesome. Well, for those of you who have not yet gotten your parents something for Christmas, I have something you can give them for Christmas. And you don't have to go shopping for it. You don't have to spend money on it. What you can give your parents for Christmas is peace. No fighting, no whining, no crying. Peace. And all the parents said, amen, right? Today, we're going to focus on peace. We're going to focus on one verse, two verses, kind of Luke 2, 13, and 14. And it is quite simply the praise of of heaven. And the praise of heaven is a very short burst of worship in which they proclaim glory to God, but then they also say peace on earth. And so what is that peace that we get? What peace is there in Christmas that the angels worship about and sing about and proclaim about? Well, we're going to look at four things really quick. We're going to look at the proper peace What peace are they talking about? The parties of peace, who is a part of this peace? The price of peace, what does it cost? And the pricing of peace. And we're going to go through them pretty quickly. First, the proper peace. There is a lot of peace. uh, We talk about peace in a lot of ways in this world, right? There's a lot of types of peace that we want. We would like political peace, right? For nations not to war against each other, but to be at peace with one another. For, for Republicans and Democrats to be at peace with one another. There is relational peace, family peace, in which brothers and sisters get along. There's also personal peace in which we have a peace in our spirit, a calmness. But this is not primarily the peace that Jesus came to give. You see, angels worship God because there is now peace on earth. But these areas are not at peace, are they? Not fully, not completely. 
And so what peace did Jesus come and fully accomplish when he came to this earth? Well, we see Jesus even says, peace I leave you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give you peace. And so this peace that Jesus gives is different than what we might mean when we say peace on earth. And quite simply, the peace that Jesus gives is peace between God and man, between the holiest being and sinners. You see, there was a holy war started between God and sinful, rebellious human beings as we turned our back and walked away from God. Colossians 1 tells us that not only are we alienated towards God, but we are actually hostile towards God, that we are enemies of God, at enmity with God, that we are at war with God. And yet Christmas promises peace, and that's why the heavenly course proclaims on earth peace. So peace, Jesus brings is not primarily political or relational or even personal, although those things may be fruit of it. But the peace that Jesus brings is between man and God. Now, who are the parties in this? Well, you might say man and God, right? But there, it gets even more specific than this. You know, we've probably heard of the King James Version of 2.14, Luke 2.14, that goes like this, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill towards man. It sounds like there's peace to every man, but in the Greek, it's actually more specific than that. In the NIV and the ESV pulls it out and it says on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. And so the peace between God and man is not between God and every man, but it is peace between God and the man or woman that God is pleased with. So the question is, is God pleased with you? Well, there is a price to this peace. For many religions, for all religions, they are fighting to gain peace with God. And the price for peace must be paid by man. It must be paid by us. We have to be good enough for God. We have to follow his moral superior measures to get peace with God. But this is what separates Christianity from all other religions. Colossians 1 puts it this way. It says, For in him, in Jesus, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven making peace by the blood of his cross. And you who were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death. The price of peace is not paid by the lesser party. It is not paid by humanity. It is paid by God himself. There's a story of two missionaries in the 1960s, who went to New Guinea, and they were ministering to a tribe called the Sawi tribe. And the Sawi tribe was, was, a, was a dirty tribe. They went headhunting. They were cannibalists. Um, evidently, they used skulls for pillows. I don't know how comfortable that would be. 
but they were, they were a messy, messy tribe. And as the missionaries were, were speaking through the gospel of Matthew, they were expressly discouraged, or they were, they were very discouraged. When they got to the part when Judas betrayed Jesus, the whole, tri- the whole crowd applauded. They were happy. They were rejoicing because the civilization was built on tragedy. And so the missionaries were wondering, how can we explain God's love to these people? How can we show them the grace and mercy and joy of Christ? Well, as the missionaries were praying through this, one day they saw a solemn ceremony between this tribe and another tribe, another tribe that was at war with them. And the chief of one tribe brought a little boy And gave him to the chief of the other tribe. This was the peace child. And it was in fact the chief's own son. And he gave his son to his enemies. That there might be peace between these two tribes. This peace child was the reason that they were at peace. Jesus Christ is God's peace child given to us. Jesus was given to God's enemies, to people that hated God, to people that were at war with God, so that we could be at peace with God. Christ alone, as fully God and fully man, could bring both tribes together. As he went to the cross, and that Prince of Peace, Jesus, became the price of peace that we could be reconciled to God, that we could have peace with God, that we no longer have to be at war with God. And so the peace Jesus gives is between God and man, more specifically between God and with those with whom he is pleased. And God is pleased with us, not at the cost of our own moral obedience or uprightness or perfection, but he is pleased with us because the peace child, the prince of peace, became the price of peace. And all who trust in Christ are now at peace with God. Finally, the prizing of peace. As I was preparing for this sermon, I was listening to a sermon by Ligon Duncan, one of my favorite preachers, and I was deeply, deeply convicted at this point. See, I've spent most of my Christmas season seeking out the perfect gift my wife could attest to this. There's one gift that, that my family is getting, and I can't say it today. I'll tell you in a few days. But it, it, there's a million opinions on which one to get, right? And we want to get the one in our price range. And, you know, do you get it with this doohickey or that doohickey? Or what do you get, you know? And so I, I went online, and I was looking at reviews and ratings. I was driving all over to test them out, searching the newspaper for great deals. Maybe you can, maybe you can uh, understand that. But notice in this passage, what are the angels busy with at Christmas time? What are they busy with that first Christmas? Let me read it to you again. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. What are the angels busy with at Christmas? They're busy praising God and giving glory to God. Not because God sent them a Savior, but because God sent you a Savior and me a Savior. And so they are worshiping and glorifying God because while we were enemies with God, while we were yet sinners, God gave us his Christmas present. 
not because we were nice, but because we were naughty. And he gave his son Jesus, his only son, the price of peace, the prince of peace, that we might have heavenly peace. First Peter tells us that the angels actually long to look into these things. You see, they never grow old of Christmas. They never grow old of this gospel that God loved us so much that he sent his only son, Jesus, across enemy lines to make peace with us. They're never, they never cease to be amazed at the gospel. They always go deeper into God's gracious love towards us. And so let me end with this question. What are you busy with this Christmas season? Shopping, baking cookies, sending out Christmas cards, decorating, organizing family gatherings. Let us follow the pattern of these heavenly hosts that first Christmas. Busy yourself this Christmas with praising God, with worshiping him, with enjoying him. Because you are now at peace with him. You know, there will be no peace in the political scene. There will not be everlasting peace or initial peace with family, with relationships, with neighbors. Peace even in and of ourself is, is so fleeting. But there is a peace that is constant. A peace that is secured. A peace that the heavenly hosts sing about. A peace that cannot be destroyed. A peace that is not fleeting. A peace that is constant, even if you don't feel it. And it is a peace with God through his son, Jesus Christ. Get busy this Christmas. Worshiping God for the peace that he has given to you through his son. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Let's pray. Lord, we are so distracted. I'm so distracted. So often, God, pray that this, pea, this, this Christmas, we would know the peace of God that transcends all understanding. The peace that was won at the cross when Jesus died to end the hostility between God and man and reconciled us to you, Lord. What a glorious thing to worship about that these angels did. God and sinners reconciled. We praise you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.